Greetings, and thank you for joining me on this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your host for this weekly podcast. If you've listened before, then you know each week I seek to explore current events from a biblical and prophetic worldview. It's imperative that we as God's children properly discern the times and seek God to know how He wants us to respond so we can remain in His provision and protection. Since early 2020, God has been exposing all manner of evil for the purposes of waking people up to truth and forcing us to realize our own complacency has allowed evil to advance. Our lack of involvement in our culture is precisely what has allowed all manner of evil to advance to the levels it has. However, this is the point in time when God is powerfully intervening to bring change to every aspect of life on earth. As I've been sharing for a while, I believe we are in the most intense of times right now. A long time ago in prayer, I discerned the months of July, August, and September of 2022 would be the most significant in God's plan, with the end of September being the apex or the pinnacle of events. That's not to say things will immediately improve once we move into October. It does mean the intensity has peaked and we'll be on the descending side of the peak where we will see God working in the most miraculous ways we've seen in our lifetime and in some cases ever in the history of the world. Those of us alive today are living at a time the whole of heaven has been longing to see. Because it's necessary I pre-record my podcasts, I'm unable to address any worthy events that may take place beginning Rosh Hashanah, which starts at sundown on September 25th and ends September 27th. Several of us have looked to this time on God's calendar as a potential time for something very significant to occur. However, be assured, I am seeking the Lord daily, and I listen to His prophets, so I can serve you with this podcast, and I will always share anything the Lord emphasizes in my podcasts. One thing that stood out recently were the unusual events and hints provided at President Trump's Ohio rally on Saturday, September 18th. I think there's been a whole lot more happening in our behalf than mainstream media has been reporting. Watch LT's And We Know video to know why I think this. The link is in the show notes. From late September and into the early months of next year, we should expect to see God's tremendous intervention for the benefit of His people and all for His glory. Amen. Last week, I explored what we must do in terms of our spiritual responsibility if we want to see the reversal of the evil in our midst. Certainly, we must first repent, entirely consistent with Second Chronicles 7.14, which is a promise from God to us that reads, If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. After sincerely praying according to that passage, we must seek the Lord to understand the times and the issues we are being called to address to restore righteousness in our lands. This is what I seek to help us all understand each and every week with this podcast. I want us to understand the areas of enemy occupation and recognize his tactics and strategies so we can use the authority and power of Christ, which we have, that are able to overcome all the works of the devil. One of the lessons I believe God is driving home for his children in this hour is for us to know the authority and power we have in Christ and to learn how to properly wield it to overcome the works of the devil. This is what we are commissioned and empowered to do, according to Jesus Christ himself. Dave Kubal, president and CEO of Intercessors for America, helps us understand the importance of canceling any evil assignments, curses, hexes, spells, or incantations that are pronounced against us and contrary to the will of God. Very specifically and repeatedly, God instructs us as his children to fight against evil. One such instruction comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4-6, to 6, which read, For the weapons of our warfare 
are not flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. This last part, verse 6, is especially significant for us today. The Apostle Paul wrote these words to a rebellious remnant of Christians who had failed to exercise the authority and power they had in Christ, the very same reality we find ourselves in today. Rebellion does not go without correction, which is what the Apostle Paul meant with the words punishment in this passage. As God has been exposing all manner of evil and showing us that we have been asleep and have allowed the advancement of evil, we are being harshly corrected. And now that we are sufficiently corrected, it's time for us to take our proper place in God's plan and use our spiritual weapons to destroy every stronghold of the enemy. Christ's blood has already fully overcome the ability for the enemy to have any victory. But until the enemy's final condemnation, he does all he can to bring lies, destruction, and death to all who belong to God and to all that's good. That's where we are to stand in the gap and fight against evil while promoting truth. Our obedience is complete when we are doing what Jesus instructed us to do, summed up in Matthew 28:18 to 19. Jesus said, All authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. We have no excuse not to do what Christ has already instructed and empowered us to do. This is our spiritual obligation in Christ. Now, with today's program, I want to focus on our civil obligation in Christ. The midterm elections for most of our country are very soon to be held, and I agree with Julie Green and Amanda Grace, God does not need an event such as our election process to accomplish His will. God has heard our prayers of wanting righteous men and women to reign and rule, and He has been in the process of answering our prayers. That doesn't mean we're to sit back and watch Him work. No. If you've listened to this program before, then you know I stress what the Bible teaches, that we are to be co-laborers with Christ, partners with God, to see His kingdom will done on earth as it is in heaven. Each and every one of us has a place in God's plan, and I'm compassionately challenging you to learn what your role is and to seek to become equipped and step into your role. As we partner with God to rebuild our respective governments, we must operate as one body with many parts, each of us doing what we are created to do. This is a time where God is calling all of his children to a higher level to be more bold and effective for his kingdom than ever before. To help inspire you, if you didn't hear Dutch Sheets' September 15th post on his program called Give Him 15, I highly recommend that you listen to it. Dutch Sheets' post is essential to all I want to discuss today and in the next couple of weeks. You'll find a direct link in the show notes. Also consistent with my podcast for today and following, I want to share with you an article I wrote, which was the first one I ever had published, titled, Since God Ordained Civil Government, Why Aren't Christians Involved? It's on my blog, and it's been published several times. I encourage you to read it, so I provided a link for you in the show notes. The title says it all, yet it seems there are many Christians who do not understand that we are to be involved in government. They've bought the lie from the pit of hell that separation of church and state means Christians are not to be involved in government. 
When Thomas Jefferson wrote to the Danbury Baptist Church, which is where the term separation of church and state comes from, Jefferson was assuring the church that the Constitution assured the government would not have control over the church. That is what our founding fathers intended. However, through the years, through lack of knowledge by Christians, we have accepted the enemy's twisting of the original intent. Those who oppose God, who promote every argument and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, have steadily gained momentum in convincing Christians of this lie and many others. And true to Hosea 4.6, as God's people, we have been perishing for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge about our spiritual authority and power and lack of knowledge about our civic duty. Let me remind us of the tremendous seriousness of that passage. Hosea 4.6 reads, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I reject you from being a priest to me. And since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Do you understand the grave seriousness of the consequences we subject ourselves to when we fail to maintain proper knowledge? All of us in every nation are called by God to help direct our government. Scriptures are clear. When the righteous govern, the people rejoice. And when the wicked rule, the people mourn. Proverbs 29.2. And hopefully, with all I've been covering in these podcasts, you are convinced what the Bible teaches. When God's people are in rebellion, the wicked are allowed to rule over us. Now that we've come through all we have, I firmly believe God is giving us another chance to get things right. And that's why my guest today is Alex Newman, a man whose knowledge I greatly admire and appreciate. Alex has been on my podcast before, and he's always popular. If you don't know about Alex, he's an award-winning international journalist, educator, author, speaker, investor, and consultant with a global reputation for hard-hitting reporting who seeks to glorify God in everything he does. Alex is also the founder of Liberty Sentinel. I want you to know more about Alex, so please use the link to his website from the show notes. Alex recently ran a campaign for public office in his state of Florida, and I've invited him on the program to discuss our duty as Christians to be engaged in government, understanding the condition of our election process, ways we can get started to let our voice make a difference, what we can do to promote campaign reform, and how to know what God is specifically calling you to do in this hour. Now here's part one of my two-part interview with Alex. Alex Newman, thank you once again for being on my program. I always love it when you're on. You have a wealth of knowledge with the vast scope of work you've done throughout your professional career and just your life itself. And I want to talk to you specifically about Christians running for political office. I think it's so very important. Let me just jump right in and ask you about your run for office in the state of Florida. First off, why did you run? Uh, well, thank you so much for having me, Pam. It's wonderful to be here. I so appreciate your podcast and all that you do and uh, your incredible work for the Lord and uh, for our country. Um, I, I really was recruited to run. Uh, we have a, a state representative here uh, purporting to represent our district who, uh, while ostensibly a Republican, uh, has consistently voted the wrong way on key issues. Uh, an obvious example would be gun control. Um, he not only voted in favor of the worst attack on gun rights in the state of Florida's history, um, he actually advocated for it to be made stronger, uh, the, the restrictions on our gun rights. Um, they raised the age to 21. I understand uh, from sources in the legislature he wanted to increase that to 25. Um, introduced a red flag laws, right? One of the only Republican states where uh, a, a phone call from some neighbor that you got in a dispute with could end up with your door kicked down and your guns hauled away. And then you having to go prove that you're not crazy, that you're not dangerous in front of a judge. 
um, total reversal of due process, total reversal of uh, the rights that are guaranteed to us, and not only in our federal constitution, but also in our state constitution. Uh, so that was really uh, atrocious. Um, he chaired the, uh, he's a very powerful individual in the state legislature. He, he actually chaired the redistricting commission uh, or committee when uh, we had to redistrict for our congressional seats. And uh, incredibly, I mean, people don't even believe this, but he, he tried to send uh, three additional Democrats to the U.S. Congress. Fortunately, our uh, our, our wonderful governor vetoed that um, and uh, it ended up redrawing the maps and uh, we ended up sending more Republicans to Congress. So that's a uh, wonderful news. But it gives you some sense about uh, what is going on with this individual. So all the Republican clubs, the grassroots Republican clubs in this area said, we need to find somebody to run against him. Alex, would you do it? Like, no, no way. I'm, I'm not a politician. I cannot do that. Oh, no, but you have to. You know, you can you can do what needs to be done. So that's uh, long and the short of how I ended up getting involved in this. You know, very, very reluctant, but uh, nobody else would step up to the plate. And to me, the idea of uh, this individual running completely unopposed in such a conservative district, just uh, it rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, I thought we, we really needed an alternative. So uh, being persuaded and praying about it, uh, I ended up deciding to uh, to jump in. I would like you to share with my audience what your experience was, the whole process of actually running for office from start to finish. Well, it was um, extremely difficult. Uh, it seems like the legislators have done everything they can to make it almost impossible for uh, average everyday people, grassroots candidates to do this in a serious way without having massive amounts of money from the special interest to hire the consultants and the lawyers and the, you know, the whole team that, that knows how to navigate this. So, uh, you know, it began with me just telling people, hey, I, you know, I think I'm going to run. I, I think I'll do it. And uh, very rapidly, I uh, got picked up a lot of endorsements. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, Congressman Ron Paul, uh, Representative Anthony Sabatini, definitely our most conservative uh, legislator here in Florida, uh, the Republican Liberty Caucus of Florida, which is uh, basically the liberty minded wing of the Republican Party. Uh, also, the Republican assemblies, all the local uh, grassroots Republican clubs in my district endorsed me. And so it was a very quick process to get the grassroots support. Um, the paperwork was very, very difficult. Uh, you know, you got all these different forms you have to sign. You got to get them notarized. You have to jump through this hoop before you can jump through that hoop. Then you have to go back through this hoop and get through another hoop. Um, it, it is unimaginably complex. There are so many laws, rules and regulations governing this process that, uh, like I said, it, it's um, they, they try to make it almost impossible for a normal uh, average individual to be able to run this without um, you know, without having the big money. And so that's what it really comes down to. You know, I, I learned the hard way that the main job of a politician and a, a political candidate in this abominable system that we exist in today is actually to go beg people for money. And, uh, and so that's how they get you, right? You have to go beg the big companies for money. You have to go beg the special interests for money. You have to beg the pharmaceuticals companies for money. You have to beg the fake media for money. And so they were all shoveling money at my opponent. Uh, he, he's got a million something dollars in a pack. Uh, he had his own hundreds of thousands of dollars in his own campaign fund. He had uh, the Republican establishment was wasting party money. Uh, and it wasn't just against me. They they ruthlessly have been targeting uh, conservatives, not just in my area, but across the state of Florida. I'm talking about the Republican Party of Florida. I'm talking about the local, uh, the uh, uh, county Republican Party. I can show you some examples of the abominable garbage they've been sending out, uh, demonizing our most conservative Republicans. In fact, the top uh, elected official, the top elected official and the top Republican in my county is a good friend of mine. His name is Jeff Brower. He's the chair of our county commission. And uh, he represents all 600,000 people in our county. 
He's more conservative than anybody you'll ever meet. The guy's a, a farmer. He's a homeschool dad. He loves the Lord with all his heart and all his mind. Um, so, uh, he's got nine kids, um, you know, raises cattle. His daughters run the dairy business. His sons run the, uh, the, the beef side of the business. It's the most conservative, down-to-earth guy you'll ever meet. But he took on the establishment with a fraction of the money they had, and, uh, and he beat them. And so they've now been wasting the money that donors have been sending to the party to attack him. They're sending out all these mailers saying he's a rhino, saying he's a secret liberal, uh, accusing him of uh, being friends with liberals. And uh, they actually sent out one with me on it. They said, oh, Jeff endorsed uh, Alex Newman. And, and look, Alex Newman got arrested one time when he was a kid for marijuana. Oh, what a terrible guy he must be. Um, so, so that gives you some insight into how this works. But basically, the, the process, as the establishment has laid it out, is you got to go beg money. You got to go uh, prostitute yourself and say, give me money. I'll vote for whatever you tell me to do. I'll, I'll bend over and just bow down to the special interest. So it's it's an absolutely disgusting process, Pam. And I think that's one of the reasons that uh, Christians have been so reluctant to get involved. Um, it needs to stop. But that, that gives you a little sense of what it is. And of course, the attacks start right away, right? They never attack the establishment candidates. You have this very bizarre situation where the Republican establishment and the Democrats are allied with each other against conservative Christians entering into the field. So to give you an example, uh, early on after I announced, I get a call from the local fake newspaper, which is owned by the garbage uh, USA Today network, Gannett or whatever it is. They didn't attack a single other political candidate in this in any of the counties uh, around here uh, in at all in the way they did to me. And I had just announced and they run this front page hit piece on me. They put my picture there. They're dredging into my childhood. I mean, things that, that would just blow your mind. So, so it was very tough. Uh, we we got word uh, that some shenanigans were afoot. In fact, I had a good friend of mine who actually serves on the uh, Republican Party. Uh, he he told me, he called me up and he said, Alex, the way things are going, I think you'd probably be better off uh, moving your family out of your house for the next two and a half months, at least till the election comes. What do you mean? Why in the world would I move my family out of my house? That's crazy. You know, I, I, I live with my family. That's ridiculous. So, well, you know, yeah, I, I know these people and, you know, they're they're a little bit shady. You, you probably and, and he's a good friend. You know, he, he was not saying this to intimidate me or get me out of the race. He was a huge supporter of the campaign. But he suggested that they might resort to kind of. Um, Illegal and nasty tactics. So, you know, that's trying to summarize two months of absolute, you know, barbarism in uh, in a couple minutes. But it, it was really it was grotesque, Pam, what I saw and what I learned. Now, you kind of brought me to the point that I wanted to get to. You said you had a two month experience. That's all just two months. And the long and the short of it, then you were told that the documents you filed were not correctly filed. Am I right? Yeah, another one of the dirty tricks they use, right? We have a very brief, I don't know how it works in other states, but here in Florida, we have a, a brief qualifying window. It's one week long where you're expected to send in this big stack of papers, all your, you got to disclose every little asset that you own, every little source of income, every, every everything you could imagine. Um, you got to send in signed forms, notarized forms and all this stuff. And so um, on my financial disclosure form, where I was required to disclose basically every element of my financial life. Uh, you have to get it notarized. So I took it to the bank. I got it notarized. And uh, there's two boxes on there in the state of Florida. One says known to me personally, as in, you know, I know this guy, as so I know who he is, who he says he is, or the other one is uh, showed a, a form of ID. And so um, the, the guy who notarized it forgot, to, he did write on there, showed me his driver's license, but he did not check the box that said showed ID. And so the, uh, the state of Florida, the Division of Elections of the Department of States called me and they said, oh, we're not going to be able to accept this because uh, the notary didn't check the box. And so, yeah, sorry, unless you can uh, find a, a miraculous way to fix this in the next two days. Yeah, you're kind of out of the race. 
Um, and, and it wasn't just me. They did this to a whole bunch of other grassroots candidates. Uh, the guy in the, in the district north of me was running to take on the, uh, they call them speaker designate, right? They're, they choose their, their leadership many years in advance based on who toes the party line, who's the most loyal to the special interests, who will uh, compromise principle for the, the, the establishment. And so this guy was uh, crowned before he ever even won his election to be the speaker designate. And a guy I know, uh, Tim Sharp, ran against him and said, uh, hey, you know, this, this guy's um, not conservative. He's, he's not a constitutionalist. He hasn't been doing what he's supposed to be doing. So I'm going to run against him. Well, the Division of Elections found another fake technicality to throw him out of the election. It, they said that the check wasn't drawn on a campaign account. It was drawn on a personal account. And so therefore, you can't be in the race. Well, this guy found 22 other candidates whose checks were also drawn on personal accounts, and yet none of them were thrown out of the race, Pam. So people look at Florida and they think, oh, Florida is this bastion of conservatism and liberty. Yeah, we have a very good governor um, who unfortunately also has to play footsie with the establishment to uh, just to be able to win elections and stay in power. But our legislature and our Republican establishment here is just as bad as the Republican establishment you'll find anywhere else, just as bad as the Mitch McConnell's and the Kevin McCarthy's that you've got up in Washington, D.C., yeah, we've got a good platform. We have a good governor. But uh, the Republican Party establishment uses dirty tricks like this to try to um, intimidate, to try to demoralize, to try to remove uh, patriotic, Christian, um, conservative Americans from the political system. And it's grotesque. I know that you ultimately published a letter of resignation, and I would like to get your permission to share that with my audience. Would that be OK? Absolutely. Yeah, I'd be very happy if you would. Yep. All right. So. Rather than taking time in our conversation to talk about the details of the resignation, you had a two-month stint to run for office. We desperately need the voice of the American people represented in all areas of our government. And yet you had to encounter, and I'm sure you're not alone, the kind of treatment and harassment that you did that's preventing the true voice of the American people to get into public office. I don't want people to be discouraged because of your experience. What would you say at this point? And here's where I'll stop the interview for today, but we'll pick it up from here next week. And you won't want to miss because Alex has some excellent guidance and direction for all of us, whether we're being led to run for office or simply to fulfill our civic duty to be engaged in our governmental process. Alex's experience proves the whole system is stacked against newcomers, but as Alex said, we cannot be bullied or intimidated or continue to cede our government to evildoers. Alex pointed out that Jeff Brower won his campaign with much less campaign funding than the establishment candidate, and Alex has encouraged us to double down, and this is what I want to help us learn to do in the weeks to come. You heard Alex give me permission to provide you a link to his resignation letter, which provides even more about his experience one that he wants us to learn from. Alex also mentioned the message he gave at the First Baptist Church of Stewart. The title is God Will Crush the Deep State. It's an eye-opening message you won't want to miss. The link is also in the show notes. Now, listen to this quote from Family Research Council. Quote, With most elections being decided by smaller and smaller margins, we cannot win the public debate over the critical issues of faith, family, and freedom if like-minded Americans stay home on election day. Meeting the challenges facing the nation will require a greater level of commitment from believers than has been necessary in generations. Creditable sources estimate that out of 60 million Christians in the United States, only 30 million of them vote in any given election or are even registered to vote, end quote. 
Did you get that? 30 million Christians do not vote. Can you imagine what a difference it would make if 60 million Christians actually voted and did so based on their biblical values? You can actually help correct this problem. As I learned from Dutch Sheets, there is an organization called My Faith Votes. They have names and addresses of thousands of registered voters who are pro-life, pro-traditional family, who either don't vote or are inconsistent in doing so. If you'd like to help change this, you can go to the link on their website. They will supply a free digital packet with complete, easy-to-follow information, including a letter they have written. You'll provide the printing of the letter, envelope, and stamp. They'll also provide a return address for you to use in order to maintain your privacy. Records show that 30% and more of those who receive these letters are motivated to vote. You will have a positive effect on 30 to 50% of the recipients of the letters you send. Nationally, My Faith Votes has helped generate thousands of biblically motivated votes helping turn elections. Think about it. With a couple of hours of your time and a few dollars, you can help elect godly, righteous leaders. Please consider getting behind this. You'll find a link in the show notes along with other organizations to help you take action. You can also be part of a grassroots army that fights against the liberal agenda through Heritage Action for America and also Heritage Action for America Sentinel Program. You'll find the links in the show notes. Next week, I'll share part two of my interview with Alex Newman so we can learn more of what we must do as engaged citizens to fulfill our civic duty under God. As General Michael Flynn says, local involvement means national impact. And as Alex Newman said, each and every one of us has a part to play in our government, whether it's to actually run for office or to support the godly men and women who do. Speaking of support, I want to be sure you know I've been vetting different potential affiliates for this podcast. I don't have traditional commercial sponsors because that would mean they have a say in the content that I bring you. So instead, I seek affiliates who essentially pay me a commission for each sale I bring them. This keeps me in control of the podcast content. So I ask you to visit my affiliate page link to listen to the interviews I've conducted in the vetting process. Of course, you need to do your own due diligence to make your own decisions what to purchase. But to help you, I am researching companies, interviewing their representatives, and providing you with a journal of my own personal experience using their products and services. Please look for the link in the show notes. When it comes to your health, I want you to know about Mfinity, a company dedicated to helping us detoxify our bodies and get to an optimum healthy weight. I've begun using their products, and I especially like the detoxifying products, and I really love their Java Boost drink. It's a yummy organic coffee drink that has less caffeine than regular coffee. And for me, that's a good thing because you don't want me on caffeine. And I've been proudly promoting Dr. Zelenko's Z-Stack supplements. They contain zinc, quercetin, vitamin C and D, which are formulated in just the right amount to help you boost your immune system. Your immune system is so important to help ward off sickness and disease. So check it out. The link is in my show notes. Or you can go to his website and put in the promo code FTLB, which stands for Faith to Live By, and receive a 5% coupon discount. And if you choose to subscribe, you can actually receive a 10% discount. Don't forget about Operation Tomahawk. It's an excellent program that I'm using, and I encourage all my listeners to do the same. You can get your household and healthcare products from an American-owned and operated company that are not made with genetically modified ingredients or with toxins. You know, all the corporations, all the major corporations, Frito-Lay, Procter & Gamble, Johnson & Johnson, and all the rest are owned by the same three financial institutions. They all have the same methods of operation to sell us products that cause us problems, then sell us other products that are marketed to solve those problems. It's an evil system that must be stopped. 
And if just 25% of all Christians stopped purchasing from the woke corporations, we would hit them in their bottom line and create a demand for change. This is what we want. So let's put our feet to our prayers and spend our money in ways that will make a kingdom difference. When you visit the Operation Tomahawk webpage, just use the drop-down menu and make sure you put Faith to Live By as the referral source. That way, when you purchase from them, they'll know that the lead came from me and I'll get a commission. And please don't forget about my own award-winning books available from my website. When you purchase my own books, products or services, or products and services from any of my affiliates, you get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. It's truly a benefit for all of us. Shop for yourself or shop to get gifts. And don't forget, Christmas is right around the corner. Your support is greatly appreciated. And when you purchase through my web store, be sure to use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H. Use it at checkout and you'll get a 20% discount. I welcome direct contributions, but they are not tax deductible. So anyone who sends a donation of $25 or more will receive your choice of one of my books personalized and autographed for you, or you can receive five of the Make America Godly Again bumper stickers. On the checkout page, you'll find a button to click and make a donation. I sincerely hope you appreciate my dedication to you through these podcasts. Let me know how this podcast has impacted you and what you're now doing in response to what you've heard. My email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If you like the content and resource material I bring you each and every week, you'll find a whole lot more by connecting with me through my blog. In fact, my blog has been awarded two unsolicited awards for Christian content. And I'm also very active on social media, evidenced by the fact that I'm still locked out on LinkedIn, and Facebook has recently restricted my account. You know, Twitter and Facebook are on borrowed time, so please make sure we're connected on other platforms, other social media platforms. You'll find them listed in the show notes. And to receive even more, please be sure to check out my dedicated podcast listener page called Beyond the Podcast. Here's where we can connect exclusively, and you can download complimentary devotionals, resources, and more. On that page, I also ask you to help me know more about what you want by completing the form visible once you scroll down the page. And if you're not already, please be sure to subscribe to my bi-monthly e-newsletter. As a new subscriber, you can choose from one of three gifts that I offer in appreciation of your subscription. Subscribing will make you also a preferred member where you'll receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And by subscribing, should anything happen to my podcasts, I'll have a way to connect with you. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.